Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Tim and Carter. What's trending in Richards? Carter Wilcoxie, founder of CSI Financial Group here with my co-host and former wealth advisor, Tim James, founder of chemicalfreebody.com and your new health advisor. This is the show where we reveal the connection between physical and financial abundance. <laughs> What's that? Let's keep going. We've started. Let's go. Well, all right. Well, hey, welcome back in Richards then. There you go. There's our typical intro, but... Yeah, the show's already started. So we have we sort of had our own intro, improv intro in Richard's. So hey, uh sit back and relax and get ready to enjoy a very fun um uh advisor that we have been you know talking with for uh, for a while now. And you know, for for those of you out there, uh please listen no matter what, even though he's a longhorn, he's worth hearing. Just listen to him. He's Boo great. This He's man. Awesome. Boo this man. So, um, you know, um, let me go ahead and uh, bring in my co-host, Mr. Tim James. Tim James, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing awesome. So glad to be here. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs> so happy to be back. So you're going to hear some sound effects today because I have a new, uh, what do you call it? It's a it's a board. Soundboard, yeah. Soundboard. Soundboard. Yeah. Soundboard. Our podcast producer, Justin, over at GMP Production, uh, told me to get this. He came over and helped me set it up. This is the inaugural run, so you might hear a few little things here and there throughout the show to kind of spice it up. I'm be me playing around on my soundboard, but I am excited <laughs> to be here. Um, excited to have Adam in the house with us today. He's got a great attitude. Um, I'm excited to hear his backstory and then just uh, you know talk about health and wealth. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. So so Adam Keller um, coming in coming in hot from the from the Midwest, right? So Adam, um, you know. You are, we were just talking pre-show and everything about how you're going to be in my neck of the woods. I'm obviously in, in Phoenix, as the enrichers know and everything. Uh, Mr. Tim James coming in from uh, Portland, Oregon and everything. So we are going to go ahead and, and do a little bit of a, a, a backstory on you. And all of our enrichers really want to know sort of like what led you to wanting to be a, a CFP and, and, you know, an overall a planner. And typically that's someone who has a heart for helping people and everything. So I know that we're going to get into some, some pretty cool, unique things. I know when we had our initial interview about having you be on the podcast, I was really excited about getting you on here and everything. So, so let's go back in time a little bit and share with uh, our listeners on what sort of sent you down this path of becoming a uh, financial planner. Yeah. You know, uh, like, like every good um, relationship, career, et cetera, is, is really from a referral. So we all love referrals, right? Yep. Um, I was an international business major in college at the University of Texas at Austin <laughs> and studied in Spain. And one of the gentlemen with whom I studied was a year ahead of me. So I was going to come back, go to senior year. He was graduating and going to work for American Express Financial Advisors out in um, the Los Angeles area. And so kind of file that away. I go back to school. I graduate. I go to work overseas for a year and, and some change and come back and uh, just started pumping my resume out and shooting it to all my buddies within my network. And lo and behold, that buddy whom I studied with said, hey, I know the hiring manager at American Express in Dallas. You should go meet with him. I did. And it happened to coincide with having met with a, a friend of the family who was 
kind of a, an aptitude tester slash career guidance counselor. And we had gone through some stuff and financial advisor was one of the careers that he narrowed things down to. I love math. Uh, I, I love people. I love relationship businesses. When I was working overseas, it was highly sales oriented. And so we'd be in a country three to four months, we'd sell a program, we'd put it together. I'd never get to see the people that I interacted with on that to see if it was valuable, if it came to fruition, what they were looking for. And I think this provided that opportunity to use a little bit of math and then to engage folks in a relationship that ideally would be long lasting. And 16 years later, gosh, we've got clients that have been clients 15, 16 years. So thanks be to God, it's, it's kind of, it's working out that way. <laughs> so, um, so, you were at the University of Texas. Now, did you grow up in Texas or is that just so? Uh, so tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what it was like, you know, growing up, obviously Friday night lights, right? I mean, football <laughs> crazy in Texas. Did you have did you play, you know, some sports? You know, give us a little bit of that background. Yeah, well, I have to say before I even get to mine, my oldest daughter is now 13 and she's on the drill team. And so she performs Tuesday night lights at their games. And it's so cool going back into that vibe, which I have not been in in years. Um, but yeah, I'm a nomadic Texan. So I was born here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I've lived down in the Rio Grande Valley on the border with Mexico. I've lived in Austin, which is where UT is. Uh, lived in Fort Worth, Waco, Victoria, you name it pretty much uh, all up and down the I-35 corridor. And yeah, as a kid growing up, my dad, um, I guess I come from good genes in that respect. He was a hurdler at Iowa. He was a Hawkeye. Um, so I did track. I played basketball, um, all those kind of things. They, they kept me out of trouble probably. And, and tying into the health side, I think to this day, I love to go get a good track workout in. I, I can't play basketball anymore because my feet are torn up, you know, old white guy syndrome here. Um, <laughs> we'll but fix yeah, that. man, what's that? We'll fix that. Yeah, <laughs> I need that. Come on, Tim, share some knowledge, man. <laughs> basketball is like, I think about to my injuries, you know, playing football, baseball, but most of my big injuries were hoops. I mean, you don't, you're, it's pretty a rough sport. You don't, there's no pads, there's no nothing. And yeah, you know, I was, I twisted my ankle bad, man. It was like, that's no joke. I was uh, I was a quarterback for, like junior high. And to your point, I did not get hurt at all playing football, but I got knocked out a couple of times playing basketball, blew my ankles up, all that good stuff. Jam your fingers. Yeah. Weird stuff happens. Yeah. Turf toe, but in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, look, Adam, you don't, you know, you got a 13 year old, um, daughter. Um, is, is that your only child or you got some other kids talk about a little bit about them? Yeah. Two girls. So 13 year old daughter and a nine year old daughter. She'll turn 10 in November. Uh, those are our two. My wife, Lori and I tried for a third and I thought, I think God said, look, two killer progeny is, is ample. <laughs> we don't need any more of your seed running around this earth. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, that's what you guys at in this picture, Adam, it's you and your family holding arms. There's a huge tree behind you. So that is in uh Sequoia national park. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, and Kings awesome. Canyon. Uh, oh my gosh. Those, by the way, I, that was 2019. I did not know that Sequoias and Redwoods were two different trees. I thought they were the same thing. I learned something on that trip, and those things are amazing. <laughs> we are always learning, enrichers. We're always learning, aren't we? Yes, that's why we call them enrichers because we're always we're always educating. Amen. Can't stop learning. Can't stop learning. <laughs> stop learning, you, and you can, but then you die. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you stop learning, you stop. If you stop moving, right. 
you die, right? So that's, that's um, like Zen wisdom right there, right? You don't use it, you lose it. Yes. There you go. There you go. 100%. Um, well, hey, I want to hear a little bit more about overseas. You were in Spain. I want to know, like, you know, how young were you? What what attracted you to being, you know, going over to Spain? And, and maybe there's some other areas. I know one of my most favorite places on the planet that I've ever been to was Lisbon, Portugal. And I know that, that neighbors... Um, and I never even imagined, again, we were talking pre-show, like I used to think Phoenix, whenever I was, you know, in, in Arkansas, I thought Phoenix, the desert was like the Sahara, right? You got a bunch right. of camels running around and everything, right? Well, I was thinking the same thing. I never thought of myself Lisbon, Portugal. I mean, like, what's cool about that place? Why are we going there for this trip? Amazing, right? So talk a little bit about what it was like being in Spain as an American. Man, I'm I'm a little bit jealous because I haven't been to Portugal and it is certainly on my list. Um, but Spain was awesome. I was there when I was 20, actually turned 21 in Spain, ran with the bulls, uh, much to the chagrin of my mom. That was her one thing she said not to do. And so I sent her a postcard <laughs> from there. Uh, but didn't die. That was good. Um, there you go. Love to but, tell about it. Yeah, Spain was amazing. I think... Uh, Traveling is always wonderful because you get out of your own norm. You get to meet folks who have different perspectives on life. I love culture. I, I was a Spanish minor, so it was cool to get to, to practice a little bit of Spanish as well. Um, I loved it. I'd retire there in a heartbeat. I'd go buy a piece of property there. Um, but we have both sets of grandparents that are that are alive and kicking, and they're awesome. And I would hate to take my kiddos away from my grand from their grandparents. Sure. So, but I think otherwise we'd be back overseas. Um, so it's awesome. And then uh, I came back here, finished school, then went to work for a company that was based in Belgium up in the Flemish speaking part. So Belgium's divided into the French speaking and the Flemish speaking. Um, and we were in a really small town where there were probably more bicycles than cars, um, really close to the border with Germany. Uh, but we did our projects in Turkey, Romania, and Azerbaijan, or as my wife calls it, Azerbaijan. What? Um, and, and those were great too. I never would have chosen to go there because I was hoping they would send me to Latin American countries with Spanish being a minor. Um, but now I'm thankful they did. I met some amazing folks that we still keep in touch with, and it was awesome. That, that's well, that is um, an, an area that you know it, it really is you know, spectacular. If you get a chance to go over and, and uh, well, for you, by the way, if you get a chance to go to Lisbon, definitely, you know, take that opportunity because it was, it was our favorite place. We've been to many different places. I mean, we went to Monte Carlo for a, a trip one time and that was really, really cool. But Lisbon, you know, it was just so like down to earth and they love their country and the people were just super awesome. And then I remember one time uh, we, they had like these, Little cars. You were talking about like you went to a place where more bikes than cars. Was well, because yeah. a lot of the roads are really small, right? For sure. They didn't build them like they build the super freeways here in America, right? So, uh, and, and a lot of it, it's very mountainous. So you're like meandering down through stuff. So, you know, riding bikes, pretty normal over there. But one day, we rented these like little, I don't want to say go karts. I mean, they were sort of like, um, you know, those funny car. You know, fast track. They have engines in them. They had engines in them. Absolutely. It wasn't um, a Tesla cart, go kart. No, it was. It was. It was <laughs> like it was like one step up from like a golf cart, almost right. Like had, like a gator, like a gator or something. Totally. So we were, but we were, but it was enclosed and everything. But it had rails on it and everything, and you know, doors and the whole thing. And, and we took them downtown. What's that? Probably had cup holders for your beer. 
Uh, it was wine because you were in Lisbon. It was yeah. wine. now Carter drinks water, so we're very yes. proud of him. <laughs> out of glass containers. Yes. Hey, wait a minute. For a year, and he's awesome. <laughs> what? Why I don't you look younger? Oh, look at that! Why don't you drink Turkish rocket? You should have that, bro. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's cool. Dude, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that's your homework. You got to go figure it There's out. It's in a glass okay. bottle, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, is yeah, that water good. or vodka? Uh, it's, it's like, it's like Uzo. If you've had Uzo, it's oh, like uh, that yeah. liquor flavor deal, but it's, so I told you one of the places I was is Turkey and that's like the Turkish version of that. So, oh, okay. Uh, Got it. So that's so like so going to coffee beans in it, get little sours. Every culture has their drink. Like Germany's like beer. Yeah. Strong beer. No doubt. Room temperature. You could run the, the beer's so strong. You could run a golf cart on it. <laughs> <laughs> And it has to be wielded by frows that can hold like 14 steins and it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's one place I've never been. I've never been to Germany. So I'm jealous of you because you've been there, obviously. Yeah. But not enough. I've only really up in Berlin, uh, Dusseldorf, and it was mostly on business stuff. Um, I'd really love to go to Bavaria down there and be in Munich for Oktoberfest. And I think that'd be a blast. That would be. It'd be a total blast. And Richards, hop on board. Let's, we're all going. Here we yeah. go. I feel bad. He tips about health and all. I'm like, I just want to go drink a lot of beer. And do things like that. <laughs> a lot of people do. That's okay. We'll just clean you out. <laughs> Keep you clean. Yeah, absolutely. We, we sure will. So um, the um, so when you come back to the States, um, you know, was there any adjusting whenever you got back? Cause you've been gone for a while. And like, so you're like, Man, I, don't, I remember it being different than that or whatever. Talk, talk a little bit about the adjustment. Oh, um, man, I, I think for sure. It's uh, it's funny. Every time we'd leave a country, it would, you'd almost feel like you left a girlfriend behind. And you have this like two-week period of withdrawals of like, oh, I miss it. No country's ever going to be like this. I just need to sit in my room and look at pictures for a little bit. Uh, and so, you know, I think being back in the U.S., it was good because Texas is home, you know. Um, but, but part of you wonders like, man, am I going to have the chance to go back out and get to do this kind of stuff again? And so there's an adjustment for that. Um, I think it's also funny and this maybe ties into the health side and, and Tim, maybe you can attest to this, but Hey, Texans like to eat. Right. And we, we like to eat like Tex-Mex, queso, fried foods, throw it all in the mix. And, and you notice folks that are a little bit more robust, uh, you know, <laughs> they enjoy their food a little bit more here. And so you just kind of look call it as it is that we're overweight. Yes. Yes. Try to be diplomatic. Yeah. We don't have to. <laughs> that's, I think that's the problem with all this cancel culture and all this stuff going on. It's like, just call it as you see it. You know, the reality yeah. is, is like, you know, when I was 42 pounds overweight, I was overweight. And, you know, and that's, uh, I was suffering. So, and I think um, part of it's like that. I'm glad I'm not there anymore. It, amen. I think part of that's our culture, right? So that's part of the things I noticed from the adjustment standpoint was like in Spain, for instance, and in, in Portugal, I imagine it's exactly the same. In August, they take the whole month off, right? Mm -hmm. And they get away. And I think what I noticed in coming back into the U.S. was a different appreciation for work life. And I don't, I don't think it has to be one way or the other. But I certainly learned things not only in Western Europe, but also in the developing countries that were instrumental, I think, in shaping the way that I view my work, how that relates to my personal life, how that relates to how I am involved in the community. Um, and I, I mean, 
the developing countries were amazing. We'd go outside of the capital city and it would be like you reverted back 400 years. And I remember walking in the streets of a city called Brasov, which is kind of northern Romania. And I mean, there were like donkey drawn carriages with wooden wheels. But the people saw this big eared white kid that obviously was not from there walking in their street and they'd go, hey, come into my house and eat with me. Obviously, it was in Romanian and I didn't fully understand it, but they were inviting me in and super generous, share everything. And you go, huh, from an American standpoint, you guys have nothing, but you're super happy and you're generous and you're willing to share everything you've got. And I go, huh, it just, that had a really big effect on just the way that I look at what we're here to do. Um, you know, is building wealth paramount? Is your bank account balance the most important thing in the world? Is that what makes you successful? And maybe that's because that leads into the unhealthy piece. We sit behind a desk all day. We feel like we have to work so hard. We forget to take care of ourselves, to be healthy, to spend time with our family and all that kind of stuff too. So. Ah, the hell with all that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, Tim, I don't know on that point. I don't know if it was one of our recent podcasts or if we were having a conversation or if I was having a conversation with somebody else, but they were like, if, um, you know, if you're a billionaire and you have all the money in the world, right? And like you have like a sore throat and you're just you're like you're you feel horrible, whatever. All that money in the world, the only thing you can think about is how bad you feel. You can't think about all the great stuff and all the money that you've got and everything. So, and again, that was really the purpose of our podcast. And this is why we call it the enrichers, is is you know, we wanted to explain and uh, explore with our guest about how all the money in the world, and I had this saying that I use on a regular basis, I stole this, but <laughs> if money can solve your problems, you really don't have any problems at all, right? So well, without your health, your wealth matters not. Let's let's just clear this up before we go to break because Adam brings up a good point. So first off, there's two camps on this. Like one camp is, you know, money, 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 money can't buy love, right? And you can't buy everything with money, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we get that. But then there's the other side where people make their whole, they put everything off to the side for financial reasons, chasing the dollar and doing all this stuff, right? So what I want to clear up is that to understand that my, my opinion, my belief is, is that money is a valid form of abundance, but it's only one form of abundance. There are many forms of abundance on this time space reality this this journey that we're on right now on earth so the problem is is that our society and humans in general make money like the only way in which abundance can come to them and what they're literally doing is closing and locking all of the other doorways and paths in which abundance can come to you be it money or it could be somebody um gifting you something or just walking up and a stranger bringing you in and all of a sudden you've got food and shelter and you didn't even plan for it. It's just like the the synchronicities. And again, I think all this goes back to when you follow your highest excitement in life, the things that give you the most excitement, that's the path. That's the math map for your life. And when you do that, you, you, you just have to be very conscious about not having money be the only form of abundance, even though it is a valid form again in this time space reality. So if we can look at it that way, I understand there's many forms of abundance. Um, then I think that's a good place to start. Well, I mean, I couldn't have said any better. There's, there's absolutely no doubt, no doubt about that. And um, you know, we were, I, I feel like in my humble opinion, we were 
put on this earth to live abundantly and have an abundant life and everything. And um, that, that's why I, I've, I've really been disappointed in what's been happening with our quote unquote leadership over the last 18 months and trying to disconnect us when uh, abundance is, you know, your family and your friends and your colleagues and, and those. I mean, I know that we're going to talk in this next segment and I know we're coming up on a, on a hard break here in a second, but, you know, um, having that get together, you know, and, and building team building things that you are getting ready to go on yourself, Adam, and everything. It's such a it's so necessary um, to continue that abundance. But you can only you can't do abundance by yourself. Abundance is a team effort. Right. Amen. And and of course, the other thing is the the two different camps that Tim's talking about. There's also a balance to the abundance, right? I mean, people go over the top in certain areas. And, uh, you know, I, I was going to bring up something like the Wolf of Wall Street and how over the top that was, but <laughs> I digress. Uh, without <laughs> it, without it, we wouldn't have had that movie and that story. And that guy created a lot of contrast for a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no doubt about it. So, you know, so hopefully some people watch that movie and it's like, okay, well, just because I'm making a bunch of money, maybe it's probably not a good idea to snort cocaine off <laughs> a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what we're rated here, but yeah. <laughs> I think we're okay for the exploit explicit things. Uh, that was good to lead us to the precipice and then just say it's up to you if you want to jump off of that. <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. go. It's it's funny too, because like I think it's a lot of our ego is the reason why we enjoy there's something about it's like stuff like that. We in, enjoy <clears throat> watching the, the seeing that struggle and seeing people you know, come out of it. And I don't know what ended up happening. Um, I know that, um, that <laughs> dude is like, he's teaching sales stuff still. Oh yeah. yeah. Jordan Belfort. Oh Jordan, yeah. Belfort. Yeah. He's still, still teaching. I listen to him on a regular basis actually. And doing stuff. I mean, I, I he's got his own podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We should have him on. That's what I'm thinking. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. Wouldn't be as cool as having Adam on. Uh, hey, put to your point, my ego is my biggest hurdle at times. I, I think that guy would be way cooler than having me. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk about Adam's ego. We'll be right back. <laughs> Estate planning. What does that even mean? When the inevitable happens for everyone on this planet, your estate plan kicks into action. But first, let's start with what an estate is. An estate is simply everything you own. Now, here's the issue and what needs to be understood when this event occurs. You only have two choices on this plan. Number one, either you plan how your estate gets handed out and distributed to those you leave behind. Or number two, your state decides who gets everything you own. For the first time ever, you can now take complete and total control of this plan that you've been deprived of for most of your life and generations before you. You can get personalized assistance along the way with a team of specialists whose job it is to make sure you have true peace of mind. It's important to understand that estate planning is a journey and rest assured that our team will be available to you all along the way and at every step. Welcome to eState Plan, home of the last estate plan you'll ever need. To learn more, make sure to reach out to your local advisor licensed with us or go to our website for more information. Welcome back, Enrichers. Tim James here with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. Today in the house, we have Adam Keller, certified financial planner. 
or cardiac financial planner. So he's going to help you with your money so you don't have a heart attack. I'm not sure what that designation means. It's one or the other. Um, Certified Adam, fashion glad to have you here. What was that? Certified fashion police. Oh, or okay. As, or Did as you get our that old... your, your wife and your girls? Yeah, I was like, if you see my wardrobe, you know immediately that's not true. So. <laughs> you look dapper good. You got the blue sport there, though, coat. Looking good. Yeah. Look, it's all it's all about COVID attire and then just being fun down low. So nice. Know, wow, fancy green socks, Nikes. Are those Nikes? Those are a little throwback, man. Yeah, throwbacks. I have some old school uh, Air Jordans that I don't know. I can't even. They're old. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I never like really wore them because I think they hurt my foot. So they're probably worth like a billion dollars now. But I'm <laughs> Don't do it, my buddy. My buddy's got a uh, like a, a closet full of old Jordans and different shoes, and he had a pair of the old Pippins. And after like 15 years, he went to put his foot in it, and the glue basically deteriorated. And he pushed the sole right off. So don't try to put those old ones on, man. Keep them. Yeah. Then they'll be worth a billion. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, so we were talking about ego. Yeah, and you were talking, Adam, about like that's your biggest struggle is letting letting go of your ego, and I think you know um, that is something that especially men aren't even there's no awareness around it in the beginning. Like I had no awareness about ego, nothing. I mean, people say, "Oh, you got a big ego, or whatever." I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever, yeah, of course I do. You need a little bit of ego to be successful nowadays, yeah, right? Right, and just set back and. You know, like the old Chinese proverb, um, man, wait on side of hill long time with mouth wide open before roast duck fly in. Right. <laughs> That's a good one. Like, a good one. Don't sit on your butt. You need to get out there and do something. And I connected action with ego or something. I don't know. But uh, so tell us about what, when did you discover ego and what are you doing about it? Yeah. You know, I think for me, um, it's one of those things that it, it's it's disguised in a lot of ways. And for me, it was this idea of self-reliance and self-sufficiency and you get raised like just, you know, kind of like you said, get out and do something. Mm -hmm. And I think my folks always said, go work hard, you know, you'll make things happen. And so you kind of, you get let down by other folks, like at points along the way and you figure out like, well, relying on other people sucks. So I'm just going to do it myself. And I am quote unquote, a self-made man, which is such a fallacy. Uh, I think, Carter, to your point before, nobody does abundance on their own. We're not successful because of ourselves, but it's a really easy fallacy to fall into and believe. And so I, I think you kind of build up these walls. And part of that is the the uh, you erect this structure around your ego to protect it, too, so that you don't get hurt when you get let down. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I think it started to to I became aware of it through this career we had really good leadership at American Express and Ameriprise and went through a lot of, um, I don't know, different, almost like psychological training pieces that really helped you become self-aware as you get married, as you have kids. I think guys are inherently maybe more selfish and you see it in the way that we interact uh, with our wives, with our with our kids. So that, that was always good and um, still discovering every day the extent of that and how to potentially... Like you said, I, I think, Tim, like you said, it's important to have a little bit of ego, um, but just maybe not let it rule things, right? <clears throat> well, you, are you reading some books or something? Because you were talking, you were like framing like a shroud around. You were putting up walls. You're talking about this. So like, what <laughs> books are you reading? Because that sounds like some of the spiritual, I mean, some of the teachings that I've learned. Are you reading a few books out there? What books are you reading over there, buddy? Man, uh, actually, a, a guy across the hall gave me a book from Dan Harris um, and... 
I can't even remember the name of it. I just, I read it like three weeks ago. It's awesome. And it, it, it was really talking about meditation, <clears throat> things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, just finished a book called Making Sense of God from Timothy Keller. Um, no relation. I know, right? I only read books by authors named Keller. <laughs> <laughs> Helen. <laughs> She's my aunt. Just kidding. She's <laughs> uh, my great aunt. Exactly. Just real uh, estate company. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, there are two other ones. I just finished uh, Confessions by St. Augustine. That's like an old English, by the way. So if you're not down to, to dissect that a little bit, maybe pump the brakes. Um, and then it just slipped my mind, the one that I just finished, but it was a page turner. Obviously, it was so great that I remember it. I'll come yeah. back to you. What about you guys? What are y'all reading? Man, that, that's a that's a great question. You know, um, I'm I'm so busy building uh, that I read just article after article after article about, you know, um, my profession, if you will. Right. Trying to always Smart. you know um, embody this idea that we're in the knowledge for profit business. So the more I know, the more I can share, the more valuable I can become to somebody. And then that ultimately, you know, that that's how you win. As far as I'm concerned, what I call the relationship war, because uh, in my space, a lot of um, advisors are targeted for, you know, trying to do business with them and everything. So if I can deliver, you know, value every chance I get. Uh, so that's why, you know, going back to the, like reading thing, I read a lot of articles, um, a lot of them on, you know, estate planning, a lot of them on uh, business development. Um, you know, I've got podcasts that I listen to uh, as well. I've got, look, Tim's, Tim brought his whole library over here. He's like, let me tell you all the books. He's like this. Let me tell you all the books I'm reading, though. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Uh, there, it is. there it is. I read, hey, look, I, I listen to Tim's Health Hero podcast instead of reading books. <laughs> nice. Smart. Well, you're downloading a bunch of them then. Hey, I need to read books on memory, but thanks be to God, Google's in the background. So the Dan Harris book was 10% happier. And then the most recent one that I finished was The Undoing Project. Um, both both legit, worth reading. Nice. Oh. Nice. So the one I'm reading right now is called Perfect Love, Imperfect Relationships, Healing the Wound of the Heart by John Wellwood. Really good. And I've got, there's some really good ones in here. Um, if the Buddha Got Stuck, a handbook. Or change on a spiritual pass, Charlotte, Charlotte Castle, PhD. Um, this one's really heavy. It's called Inward Revolution by Jake Krishnamurti, bringing about radical change in the world. <laughs> I, I actually, when I go home to Eastern Oregon, can't even believe it. I read this to my 81-year-old father, and he's over there going, yes, yes. He's just hanging on every word. He's got macular de de degeneration. He used to read, like, all the time, read, 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 cowboy westerns. Um this this is really good stuff. Um, this is a really good one called "Being in Love" by Osho. It's un it's unbelievable. Like especially for people that are having trouble in relationships and they can't figure out why they can't make a relationship work. Uh, amazing. Um, and this was the first one that was turned on to for spiritual path was like "The Power of Now" by Eckhart Tolle. That was it's about living in the present. But I tell you what, I've been recommending this book for years for people with eyesight issues, and it's called the Bates Method. And like in the late eighteen hundreds, this dude like helped over 1,100 people get their eyesight back through the information in this book. And I thought, oh, it's just eye exercises, and I, I got it, and I never really read it. I bought it for my mom, and it was sitting at her house. And I'm like, you going to read this again? She's like, no. And I'm like, I'm going to read it. I started reading this. Oh, my God. Like, everybody just needs to read the book to read it. 
Huh. It's like the amount of research and what this guy put it into, besides just, you know, a lot of people in their 40s, the eyesight starts going. Yep. You are going to be spellbound, blown away, uh, and you have no idea. It's not just exor- eye exercises at all. And the, some of the stuff he's talking about in here is actually, it's quite profound. He's talking about our school system and how by the time, you know, we get done with school, we have been basically indoctrinated and we don't even want to learn. It's 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 pretty profound stuff. So I'll put the books yeah. down. But anyway, that was, called, that was called better eyesight for people without glasses. <laughs> yeah, let me grab it. It's called uh, the Bates method for better eyesight without glasses. And it was William H. Bates, medical doctor. This was like well, it's so funny you say that, Tim, because, you know, I, I'll never forget two and a half years ago. My, my 50th will be in January. But two and a half years ago, um I'm like reading, you know, I'm, I'm on my phone and I'm like, you know, having to put it. And my wife's like, just go get some readers. Like, Cause I still have, yeah. I can still see the golf ball 300 yards away. Right? Well, when you, yeah. When you read this dude, you're going to throw your glasses away. I'm okay. telling you, like it's, it's pretty profound stuff. I mean, <laughs> or at least you'll, there's a path for you to kind of get off of your glasses. It's really cool. Yeah. And, and they're just readers. So I can imagine that maybe I'm not as, I mean, Christina and my son, they have, they have horrible eyeglasses or eyesight. Right. So, mm-hmm. but you know, sounds like fun for the whole family. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's a pretty profound thing. We actually see people just by, you know, cleaning up their gut and their body and flooding their body with nutrients. A lot of people's eyesight's improved. Uh, hmm. Craig Sawyer, Navy SEAL that I've worked with recently. He, he's like, dude, it's like, I'm, my eyesight's getting better. Like I haven't even shared with him the Bates method yet. Didn't even know he had eyesight issues at all. Right. That guy's been through a lot, a lot of concussions and all the stuff that they do blast and C4 and, you know, all the things the Navy SEALs do. Adam, you know, you have that. uh, We were just talking about that earlier. There was that group of guys uh, carry the load or something like that. Isn't that the the group? Yep, that's correct. Yeah. So they're they're a solid group of guys founded by former Navy SEALs. And and to your point, when we went to deliver that check, uh, some of the stories they were telling us were awesome. We had just finished doing a 264 mile canoe race. And they were like, oh, that's awesome. And we're like, yeah, right? Weak sauce. And we were like, why are you telling us that's awesome? You're SEALs. Like, you freaking, your your yeah. Monday morning is harder than that. Uh, they were talking one time they were on a training drill, and they were down underwater with their breathing apparatus and whatnot. And a like a, a marine SEAL, like, or, 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 came down and bit onto the helmet that they were wearing and his buddy's looking at him laughing because the seals latched onto the seal. Um, picture that. <laughs> and I'm going, how awesome is that? He comes up with these ding bite marks on his helmet. And I'm going, that had to be pretty awesome, hilarious, maybe a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah. Now, lucky he didn't bite his neck. Good Lord. Those things are like yeah. ninjas in the water. Oh, they're so fast. It's like an MMA dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was we're gonna rebrand and that's gonna be our mascot, an MMA dolphin. <laughs> uh, I love Crazy. it. Well, hey, speaking of uh, so you just got through talking mm-hmm. about canoe, right? So talk a little bit uh about this because I'm I'm really curious and you I think you just talked a little bit about it. I want to know about the world's toughest canoe race. Yeah, so that is that it's it's the Texas Water Safari, and it goes down every June. Here in Texas, it starts in the center of the state in a small little uh, area called San Marcos. Um, and it 
meanders along the San Marcos River. There's a confluence with the Guadalupe, and then that'll take you all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. So it's, it's 264 miles total. Or if you paddle like we do, it's probably like 700 because we're <laughs> snaking uh, side to side of the riverbanks. Uh, but it's awesome. So the teams that win it, they'll finish it in like 40 hours. Uh, it took Philip and myself 80 and you have to do it in 100. So there's checkpoints along the way, and they'll kick you off if you're behind. Um, but our whole goal is not to die, have a little bit of fun. Uh, and, and our finish. goal, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so we, we did. Our, our goal is to be at 75 hours. We were there at 80, so that part we didn't quite finish. But I think we had more Miller Lite on the way. We had better food. Uh, That's what I was going to say. That's why the zigzagging. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe it was our eyesight, Tim. If you would have helped me out, I would have been able to see at night. Well, let me finish this book and I'll get back to you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, well, just out of curiosity, how did how did that even happen? You're like, hey, hmm, you know what would be fun? It's a 264-mile canoe trip. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Philip, uh, one of our business partners, so he comes into my office and just read an, an article in a, in a magazine called Texas Monthly, and he plops it on my desk and says, we're doing this. And I, I look at the the picture and I'm a pictures guy. I was like, well, that looks like a nice place. Um, do we get a drink beer? And he's like, well, yeah, but it's a race. So I was like, I, I like adventure. So I said, giddy up. So really it was as easy as that. He just came in and said, we're doing this. And I was like, okay, sounds good. So obviously 80 hours, we're talking a few <laughs> days here. Like, so do you have like camping equipment on the canoe and you go, no, no. You, it, I mean, you could bring it. You can bring whatever you want, but whatever you start with, um, you typically have to pour it the whole way. And there's a lot of portages. So camping equipment just kind of gets heavy and weighty. So we slept about three hours along the way. And you just pull over to a bank, sleep, or try to sleep in the boat while the other one's paddling. Um, so, yeah, the idea is that was my thought. I was like, oh, we get to camp out and have fun. He's like, yeah. dude, how many times do I have to tell you it is a race? <laughs> it's like the Kalamahara Indians on the river. Yeah, exactly. Are those they the, just are drink those a bunch the, of beer and then they run like 200 miles with bare feet or they make they actually make shoes out of like uh, tires. I heard that. I never got to read that book, but I thought, wow, that would be awesome to go meet those folks and just hear their stories. Yeah, now, there's a cool. podcast guest if I've ever heard it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. One of my buddies, David Clark, um, may he rest in peace. Uh, he was an ultra marathoner, finished 30 100-mile races. His friend, uh, Scott Jurek, actually read Scott's book. It's a really good read. You want another book? Um, Eat to Run. And he talked about going down there. And like Scott like <clears throat> ran like 24 hours. He ran like 180-some miles. Oh, my he God. He just ran for 24 hours straight and made it like 180 <laughs> miles. So he went down and ran, ran with the tall – Talamahara Indians and it's just the book's really cool he was like kicking the soccer ball playing with six-year-olds before a race and 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 um like sprained or broke his ankle and just taped it up and ran it and finished it anyway I mean who runs 100 miles with a broken ankle um oh these people are ultra committed not just running ultra marathons it's crazy that's that's like the book can't hurt me uh by David Goggins I mean that sounds like those two Ooh. could be two two peas in a pod and just go at it yeah. Oh, I broke my foot. Oh, I got to race tomorrow. No big deal. Let's tape it up and run 100 miles. Okay, I got another one. I got another foot. Like if my my I had an ingrown toenail. I'm like I'm not playing baseball today. <laughs> and I love baseball. I love. Baseball. <laughs> I let my toe hurt. I ain't doing it. 
Well, that, hey, that's, wait, I'm, impressed, I'm impressed that people in Portland say ain't. I didn't figure you guys would do that. Well, I'm from Eastern Oregon, so I'm a I'm a transplant, but I'm moving. I'm going to be moving back soon. Uh, crazy. Awesome. We have like urine and feces in the streets, just like in the late 1800s, turn of the century, needles, masks falling over the place. You know, that's interesting is all the people here, all the, the homeless people, they don't they don't get sick. There's no COVID. Uh, hmm. I wonder why that is. Maybe because they're getting vitamin D. They're outside all day long. It's just it's crazy. Like the people that are running the show are obviously clueless because we have. People leaving Portland, businesses are leaving Portland. They're going to Texas and going to Florida. Um, I know people are fleeing California as well. And uh, it's just, it's not a conducive place for for business. It's not safe, you know, when you have like, it's 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 so frustrating. Like where we go trail run, every, almost every time I either see somebody like, uh, they're smashing grabs, there's broken windows, there's glass. All, they're always breaking windows, breaking windows, breaking windows. That's happening all over Portland now. Mm. all over Portland. Last night I went to see my son and the parking lot was overflow where, where he lives. And I was like, I had to park somewhere else and walk up this trail. And, and there was like, I see broken glass everywhere. I'm like, God dang it. So I make sure my car is all cleaned out. Everything's in the trunk because if they see anything, it's and they're out of there. You know, they just That's don't crazy. care. It's a, it's such a beautiful place too. I've only been once and was blown away, went up to Multnomah falls and just, just even in the city with the, the, was it the Willamette river? Is that what runs through there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, what a beautiful place. That sucks to hear that. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's tents everywhere. It's like tent city everywhere. Garbage, trash. Gar mm. It's just, it's we're, we're, we're literally plummeting into a third world country. That's what's happening right now. Our infrastructure is a D minus. That's so, and um, since we are doing that, I'm just going to put the sad trombone on. It's pretty bad up here in Portland, people. <laughs> hey, I, I don't have a soundboard, but uh, Raquel, one of our teammates, got me this for Christmas, and this is my favorite sound. <laughs> oh, wow, that's good. That's a good one. All right, well, hey, I want to contribute. <laughs> Come on in. I want to know, actually, I want to know why, Adam, have you checked out um, all the fantastic, amazing stuff that uh, Carter's got going on in his career? No, so I, I need to know more about that. He and I got to talk a little bit before doing this, obviously, and they've started some pretty amazing stuff, but I don't know your backstory. I don't know all that fun stuff. You, you told well, us that you were a hillbilly from Arkansas, which yeah, I love. Yeah. Beautiful place. So so yeah, late on yeah. us, man. Well, he helps CFPs double their income. That's what he does. Yeah, well, um, you know. And their time off. You know, and obviously this is about, this is about Adam Keller, right? This isn't about, you know, um, Epic Services Company, while we created that to be the, you know, a state and legacy planning solution for advisors and their clients who have typically been relegated to have to, you know, create some sort of quasi relationship with an estate planning attorney, you know, to get this work done. And, and you know, there, there's actually other very well known, if you if you research it, um, companies that are doing some things that are similar to what we're doing. So it's definitely it's outside the box for sure. But it's really about leveraging technology. Um, but everything we've done over the last four years is built around elevating the client experience. So if I've heard once, I've heard a thousand times about, you know, from an advisor, especially when I'm sharing this with them. In fact, I'll share this quick story. When I first started doing the exploratory of this and using the software that was an underutilized software where we can get a state plan done for clients all over the country, no matter where they live, um, and, and using a... Um, a technique called jurisdictional shopping where we cite us all of these trusts actually in Nevada. And that's something that 
a lot of people don't know that you can do. But whenever I went to one of my, um, in fact, we, the very first time we went on a trip together where I met this individual was in Lisbon, Portugal. So it was on that trip, ironically enough. So I'm talking to him and I'm like, hey, Stephen, he's in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm like, hey, Stephen, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're kind of sort of putting some stuff together. We're going to build this client acquisition model all around estate planning and delivering what we call the three E's where we educate, enlighten and empower, you know, the masses of people in the mass affluent in an area where they really not had access to it before. Um, and I remember him talking to me and, and I never forgot this. He said, Carter, you know, I've got some clients that I used to be like, hey, you know, you got to get your trust work done and everything. And I got this. I'm using a southern draw because he's got a real southern accent. <laughs> but um, he's like, Carter, you know, I don't really, you know, I, I had this attorney and, you know, I sent him out to him. And then, then my clients had called me up and they were like, I got to get some more work done or whatever. And they just got tired of having to always change things or fix things and update stuff or whatever. So we, you know, I, I took that to heart and I'm like, man, well, our system, I think, solves for that problem. And the more and more and more I got to understand how the software works, which I, I don't own the software, but the, the genius, as far as I'm concerned, that, that does own it, has been working on it. And it's been around since 1985, just completely underutilized. So long story short, I'm like, well, you know, Stephen, that's kind of sort of the whole purpose behind what we call our 90 and 90 formula. Well, what's that? Well, 90, 90 formula is where we can get 90% of a client's estate plan done in 90 minutes or less, regardless of where they live at in the United States, all from the comfort and safety of their own home. Now, obviously this was four years ago. Now what's actually happened is that what happened in 2020 was supposed to happen in 2030. It actually accelerated the digital transformation and the digital age that we're living in. And all of this stuff is, you know, is all, you know, technology and, and digital transformation. So, so I said, um, I said, but here's why we call it the 90 in 90 formula is because of what you just got through saying. It's that other 10% that most attorneys are not even going to tell you about that. Oh, by the way, um, you know, for the rest of your life, you're going to have all these changes. And every time you do, you got to come back to me and I got to charge you an hourly rate. And then we got to restate your trust. And we got to do all this stuff. They're not going to tell you all that stuff. Our system is that the reason why we call it that is that the other 10% is that one constant that everybody's got to deal with for the rest of their lives called change. And the beauty of the, and the genius of the system, the entire system, the entire ecosystem that includes all the necessary people, right? The multidisciplinary team approach that we that we employ is that in real time, the client who's now in total control can be able to make any edits, updates, and changes in the system in real time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year with their annual subscription of $95 a year. Not $95 a month, $95 a year. So that means they have access to our onboarding team, our what we call our outsourced estate planning team, and then what they end up uh, ultimately doing in an environment just like this, they actually get to meet with the network attorney who's going to customize all of their distribution plans, right? One of the things that our advisors love about this the most, and you said this, I wrote it down, retention. The biggest fear for households is what's going to happen when I'm no longer here with my money. 
And if they do the proper planning and they actually have it set up for a distribution plan, spendthrift or not, by the way, what they end up having is, well, okay, as opposed to the typical outright distribution, which happens 66% of the time, um, outright distribution, what ends up happening is that now the relationship that the advisor had with the grantors, with the family, right, that you have this retention on, well, now all of a sudden the money goes to the next generation, the money walks out the door because those clients who are now in their 40s or 50s or 60s, their kids, so to speak, um, they already have a guy or a girl mm -hmm. or a gal, right? They already have somebody that is their financial advisor. They're going to get the inheritance. What is it? $68 trillion, the great wealth transfer. So our system is all about client acquisition, client retention, and generational control that helps to not only solve the problem of the assets going out the door for the advisor, but it also helps with the clients who have the relationship with the advisor for a reason, right? They know how, how well of a job you're doing for them. Well, if it, when we educate these clients on these, these contractual arrangements that we put together using our estate plan portfolio, now you're going to be able to retain those assets. We're going to be able to create these trust funds, these distribution funds. And then that's why phase two for Epic Services Company will actually be starting our own trust company that's going to be advisor friendly, but on a whole nother advisor friendly level. Not like what your typical trust company that's out there right now, how they call themselves advisor friendly. And I'm not throwing any of them under the bus. I'm just saying I'll that throw them under the bus. Let me do that? it, Carter. I'll throw them under the bus. <laughs> well, you, you're going to soundboard it. You're going to beep, beep it. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, these other trust companies are really scary. <laughs> do, 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 Stick do, with do, Carter. Do. So, so, so this, again, is it, it doesn't exist. What we're putting together doesn't exist. You know, you try to build something better than what you, you know, what you've seen in the past, right? There's always a, a better way to do it. The system we're on right now, which, by the way, Tim uses the system now. I use a system instead of Zoom because it's real easy to go click, 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 and then you're in there, right? So there's always a better way. But if you always stay focused on elevating the client experience, they're the ones who make you the money, so to speak, right? Your advice would be worthless without the clients, right? It wouldn't even matter. So, But if you stay focused on elevating the client experience, deliver things that no one else is delivering, soup to nuts, cradle grave, and in perpetuity, leveraging technology, legal protocols, you know, jurisdictional shopping, all these things and everything that we do, the reason why Incline Village, uh, Nevada, Nevada is where our corporate headquarters are located, it's for a reason because they've codified in the Nevada Revised Statutes everything that we do. Everything I just got through talking about is codified. I've already assembled the team. We had the entire process, you know, put together and everything. So, Tim, thanks for teeing that up. I appreciate that. But Great I, job, Carter. Good, Adam, I, I swear. Unbelievable but, rendition on how to kick butt with your clients. <laughs> no, it really is. Like, I've, I've, I've actually experienced this because my parents are 81, and I've been telling them for 10-plus years. I mean, I was a financial advisor. Adam, I don't know if you knew this, but before I got into this, that's why we teamed up and did this because I, like, it was an idea I had with another friend. We never had it. And then, and then, you know, Carter was like, we should do this podcast. I'm like, yeah, we should. 
Like, yeah. I had that idea like five years ago. But my, parent, <laughs> my parents, you know, they, people just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Not everybody has $100 million, but they, so they don't think they need an estate plan, but they do. Everybody needs one because if you don't have a plan, the state has something planned for you. And guess what they have planned for you? Not much. Not, Not very plan. much. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't have your, you know, if you don't have your shit together, if, you know, one, well, let's say your spouse, let's say you're, a, let's say you're a guy out there right now and you're in your sixties and you're still feeling pretty good. You're only on two medications at this point. And, you know, and, you know, and then all of a sudden like something happens to you, you get Alzheimer's, you get dementia. All right. Now who's going to take care of you? Well, probably that angel that you married, you know, 30 years ago, she's going to be taking care of you and you're a big dude and you become stubborn and, and ignorant and it's not your fault. It's just your brain doesn't work anymore. Right. And then she can't do it anymore or she dies. Right. But let's say she can't do it anymore. And then all of a sudden you got to go into care and that's going to be five, six grand, seven, eight grand, nine grand a month, depending on where you go. That's going to, it's going to taper down on your assets pretty quickly. Right. And if you don't have your estate plan in place and you, you know, you run out, you run out of money, you run out of cash then you go into state-run care, well, then they're going to take your house. Wait, you're not there anymore, but your wife is, and they're going to take, they're going to put a lien on that house. So this actually happened to my grandma. Uh, my dad tried to talk her into, you know, signing the house over and getting out. She didn't do it, and then she lost everything. And that money could have went to her, but she didn't plan accordingly. So planning for this stuff, I mean, we joke around a lot over here, but this is also serious business because, you know, this is the reality that's happening today. You know, 28% of uh, uh, baby boomers are getting Alzheimer's and dementia, memory loss, and it's on the rise, just like autism is for children. So we've got some major issues going on today with our health, and and your poor health doesn't affect just you. It affects everybody else around you, especially the people that you love the most. So that's why we talk about health and wealth because we want to help you not only you know protect your assets and, and, and hook up with good financial advisors like Adam here, um, get your estate plan in place, and then take care of your health so that, you know, but we plan for the worst and expect the best. So anyway, he's been helping uh, Carter help my mom and dad. I went through the process. I just still have, I have to call Sierra and do the final thing. I've been traveling for the last three weeks, but it was, it's easy. It was like simple. It's all online and he's right. You can just log in and make changes, you know, because as a financial advisor, I tell people like, look, you need a good attorney. They're going to set up your plan. We're going to get it into place. It's about three meetings and, you know, it is, it costs some money, but it's, it's insurance to protect everything you've worked hard for. And then you're going to have to meet with them once a year to, is there any changes? You know, did, did, did the laws change? You have to change the trust. Did, uh, did you change who you want to be the beneficiaries of certain things or who's the, you know, whatever you might want to make some changes instead of going to have to go to the attorney, drive downtown, go up in the elevator to the big building, be intimidated <laughs> by these people. You can just log in. Where's my username and password? Boop, change done. And if you have questions, you just call the attorney network that they have on. So they've got a really slick system. I'm really happy about it. And I promote things that I, uh, I believe in. And, you know, I love my mom and dad more than anything. So if I'm using Carter's system, it's not because I like Carter. I do like Carter, but I'm doing it because I think it's the best thing for, for my mom and dad. I think that's awesome. And I think this day and age, especially if we're not leaning on technology a little bit, uh, that's Philip, my business partner, I'll give him some credit. He always says our fourth partner is technology. And if we're underutilizing it, maybe that's part of why we're at capacity or have capacity issues. So I think it's cool. Awesome. Well, I think it's time for another break. 
So yeah. when we get back, we will flip the script, and Adam can ask me any question he wants on health or anything else. I don't really care. We'll be right back. <laughs> the absolute best for yourself and you want it to be easy that's why we created green 85 it helps with detoxifying the body gently we're proud it's chemical free unlike almost all other supplements you'll find bottom line green 85 will get you healthier we look forward to hearing what green 85 did for you To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Welcome back, Enrichers. Tim James here with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. Again, in the house today, we have Adam, Adam Keller, Certified Financial Planner. Now, you're down in Austin, Texas, right? I'm in uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area, but but live Dallas, there. Fort Worth. Yes. Okay. But you live okay, you live there. You I just um, and we just had oh man, I've talked to like three people in the last two days that are from that are in Austin, actually. So Austin's mantra is keep Austin weird. And when I was in Portland that one time, there were stickers everywhere that said keep, keep Portland, Portland weird. And I was like, That's epic. At the time I had a really thick beard and I was like, I might need to move here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we could use some help up here because we got a lot of cleanup duty to do in this city. No pun right, intended so on a, duty. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You <laughs> definitely need your own podcast, brother. We'll hook you up with Justin. Yeah, love when you duty. This <laughs> is the point of the show when we flip the script and we talk about duty. So go ahead, Adam. <laughs> I was going to say, want. that's actually a good segue. You can finish because... the drink of water if you want. I can, like, push buttons. I have, like, uh, <laughs> go. You want, you yeah, I my harp. Yeah, here's my harp. Anyway. That's Adam taking a drink of water. He got see, the heart made him s spill a little bit down his beard. Uh, <laughs> Carter, stop it. <laughs> Him. It was a good segue on duty because your shirt uh, immediately caught my eye. Uh, love when you poop. How many times a day should you poop? How many times a day is too many? And is it different for everybody's body type? What, what do we need to know about this? Those are great questions. I think, you know, about 13 to 20 times is average. That should be, I'm just kidding. It should be about <laughs> 22, actually. You're talking That's shit. It. That's true. That's true. Shit talker. Well, you know, two to three bowel movements a day. And um, you know what's really sad as I just, I start thinking mm -hmm. about it is that I've ran into so many people that have Crohn's and diverticulitis and diverticulosis and ulcerative colitis and Crohn's and all you know leaky gut their guts are jacked up i remember a um a 17 year old boy that came to one of my um classes that i teach at my home and he was flunking out of school not because he wasn't bright but but he literally had to wake up at five in the morning and sit on the toilet for an hour and then maybe he could go to school and then he would just have to in the middle of class go and the teacher was getting pissed off at him because he's like what are you going to the bathroom for i've got a bathroom nobody goes to the bathroom well dude you need to do some research there, teach. You might be really good at English or whatever you're doing, but you don't understand gastrointestinal issues, right? So this kid, um, you know, he had terrible gastrointestinal issues. And so I started asking him questions, and they had him on all these medications and stuff. I'm like, dude, what are you eating? And he's like, he's eating, like, skim milk and, you know, and cereal, two bowls of that before he goes to bed. And I was just thinking, well, dude <laughs> – well, there's your problem right there. Think about your intelligent system you have right here and your inputs are 
are terrible. Like cow's milk, I'm sorry. I mean, but if you're listening today, I mean, I used to drink tons of cow's milk because milk does the body good, right? That's what all the, I mean, Michael Jordan mustache and all that, they're selling you that stuff. But the reality is, is cow's milk in nature's for a baby cow. And that's it. It's not for anybody else. It's not, it's not for a giraffe. It's not for a caterpillar. It's not for humans. It's for a baby cow. And it's designed specifically for that system in the cow. We should only be drinking our mother's breast milk. So, all right, back to the duty. Um, we should be having about two to three bowel movements a day. And, um, you know, you shouldn't have to wipe much either. If you have, it should just be, it should be a, uh, a fun, enjoyable process. You know, it should be, <laughs> you know, and it should go in, it should be like Greg Luganis, just a 10, you know, going in there. It should be nice and soft. Nothing but the bottom of the net. There shouldn't be parasites in it. Okay. We'll say that, but most people, yeah. um, don't are having are having poop issues you know so i've been on a hundred plus maybe 200 podcasts and other people's shows and you know i thought i was the only person on earth that was pooping rocks and bleeding rectally and i can't tell you how many other people have reached out to me and they've got the same problems going on and guess what they were eating the same shit i was eating and they had the same stress levels that i had or worse right so stress is like the number one killer for everything especially the gut so we had people that they come to us and we help them clean their gut and recolonize the bacteria and we start flooding their body with nutrients and doing all these things and and um they get better but they can't quite heal all the way and they can't figure it out and every single time that has happened they've been in a high stress environment they're either taking care of a loved one with a special need or a special needs child or a special needs child and on top of it they've got a relationship that's not working husband and wife are sleeping in different beds uh, maybe one of them's a drug addict or alcoholic. It's the same thing. Alcohol is a drug. Um, you know, taking care. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe their teenagers were on um, are on drugs, and that's stressing them out. Or combination. There's career stress. There's all kinds of things. You know, taking care of elderly uh, parents. So all these things pile up, and then you get that stress. So the one thing that we teach over here um, is to um, give people tools to mitigate stress. You know. But first, you have to have awareness, just like the ego thing, right? Because a lot of guys are like, I'm not stressed out. I'm fine. And then they go home and drink a six-pack of beer and numb themselves. Or you know, they smoke weed and then eat the whole fridge, and then they have a big duty in the morning, right? So yeah. these are the things that you know people have their hiding places, whether it's food, whether it's sex, whether it's um, you know, uh, over-the-counter drugs even. You know, not, we're not over-the-counter, but you know, prescription drugs like co uh, oxycodones and these types of things. Um, you know, checking emails, social media, there's hiding places. And all these things are delaying and pushing off the healing, right? So stress is a big one. Um, so I've, I've, I've went about seven different ways zigzag, but to go to number two, you should poop tw two to three times a day. And, um, and what was the, what was the, what was the other part of your question? No, I, I think that you, I think you answered it. And it's cool just hearing your approach and kind of the, the, the system itself and if we if you know the inputs and how to do it properly it's it's pretty impressive um that's cool i like your like holistic approach to that um can i ask another health question yeah as many as you want man we have so, four hours that's a long yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dang carter's like oh uh, god tim's already been hogging the mic this one uh, and headphones <laughs> the board um, you mentioned baseball. Carter was talking about Friday Night Lights. Uh, those of us that like to to engage in athletic endeavors, joints hurt as you get older. What are some of the things that you find that we're doing wrong to our joints? And then what are some things we can do to improve joint function? 
Well, I think as we age, you know, I was I was brought up, and probably you guys were too, and it's like weightlifting, right? Heavy-duty weightlifting. So I'll give an example. Like when you're doing chest press and you've got 225 pounds there or whatever you're bench pressing, that's fine when you're out here extended. But as you get here, you're what you're doing is you're opening up your rotator cuff as an example, right? And um, you have all that weight down there, and you don't have a lot of strength down there. So, um, you know, understanding um, uh the body mechanics is an example. So I switched over to elastic bands exercises instead of weights. I mean, I still do weights a little bit here and there, but not too much. And the reason why is because when I'm down here, there's not much resistance. So there's not much stress against my uh, rotator cuff from when my shoulders opened up. And then, but as I go farther and farther away, the resistance goes up, you know, mm. like, it's like compounding interest right at the end. It's like, whew. it's like growing grass. Then all of a sudden whew, it gets really hard. And at the very end, there's like lots of growth. Well, there's a lot of, you know, three, four hundred percent. You have all that weight um, in that last five to seven percent, and that's last five to seven percent is where you're actually um, building your strength and and building your muscle and your power. And that's where most of us operate. Like when we run, a sprinter runs, it's that last five to seven percent of movement that actually propels them. So, and that's where we're at our strongest. So that's where uh, exercise bands work out really good. Now, the other thing is is stretching. If you're 35 or younger, you should be stretching and doing yoga three days a week. If you're over 35, it should be seven days a week. And this is clear as day. I've, I've done this in my own life where I, I haven't done it. I've done it for long periods of time, stopped doing it, and started doing it again. And the stretching component is so critical. And I, I remember back to these NFL football players that were um, uh, doing yoga, and they had pictures of them on Sports Illustrated. And it's like 350-pound linemen doing yoga with a bunch of skinny ladies right and i'm like what's he doing that for well it's because his their ligaments and tendons and joints were all messed up because of the the, the abuse and the heavy weightlifting and all the stuff they were doing now their muscles were strong but they would get injured and they couldn't they couldn't play so an extra year could be an extra four or ten million or twenty million bucks so they're doing yoga baby like so every year you could play that's that's a lot of money so i got into that yoga and stretching and learned about fascia which is actually the largest organ in the body. It's not the skin. Your fascia is the largest organ, and it takes 90 mm -hmm. seconds of stretching posture just to warm it up before it starts opening. So that's why yin yoga is I – pr I promote that to everyone. It's a very passive, easy type of yoga that you can mm -hmm. do at home. You can do it anywhere. Yin yoga, Y-I-N yoga, and it's three to ten-minute stretching postures. And I can't. I, I became a yin yoga instructor, and I've had many people that I've taught classes to, and then afterwards are like, Call me up like my car park like dude he's like my hips were so open for snowboarding the next day I, that and he, and he started coming back and coming back and I've, I've taught yoga to a lot of people and they they start joining yoga memberships and doing this kind of stuff so with that said you have to be very smart about how you're strengthening your body number two you have to stretch and do yoga and stuff like that yin yoga is a good place to start and then number three is inflammation this is a huge problem for people today so as soon as your body your naked body breaks contact with mother earth you start inflammation mother earth has a frequency have you uh, adam have you heard of the term grounding or earthing uh I, I think i've heard of grounding but maybe not to the degree that you are going to talk about it so enlighten so, me my man yeah so you you hear about you know women like barefoot and pregnant right well there's a reason for that we go on vacation why do we get barefoot we go on the beach it's because we're, we're we're reconnecting with nature and we forget that we are nature okay there is no difference between you and the forest you are one in the same we're all connected very very it's amazing actually when you really learn about it and, and feel it and, and you you have that inside of you instinctually so 
the earth gives off the frequency. You look up a compass, it kind of moves, right? What's moving the needle? Well, there's a frequency giving off the earth that's moving that compass. Again, when you, as soon as you make barefoot contact or with your bare skin to Mother Earth, instantly your, your body's enveloped in that frequency again, and it's literally charging your cells and reducing inflammation, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look on my desk right here, I have this little, this is a grounding pad. I'm touching it all the time. I have another one down there with bare feet that I, I work bare feet during the day, so I'm grounding. And then I've got, um, I've got a, a grounding mat or a sheet on my bed. You can buy these things, and then you can be grounded 24-7. So how do you do it? Well, every commercial and, and, and residential building has a, a like an iron rod driven down into the ground. And then that is the foundation to the electrical grid in your home or your office. It's the third prong. That's the frequency. So that, that iron rod through that electrical grid brings that in, and you just take these units and you just plug them in. And you are now enveloping yourself in that frequency inside of your house. So it's a very smart thing to do to reduce inflammation in the body. Um, another thing that reduces inflammation is water. Um, drinking lots and lots of purified and if you're in city tap water, restructured water. Very important to be flooding your body. Always, always. It's a lubricant of life. Water's like, you know, I would say number two on the list of needs behind air. You know, if we're going to go, you know, because you can live without air for about four to seven minutes. Water, maybe, you know seven to 11 days, sleep about 11 days, and then, you know, food would be next. So, um, so water is really important. Um, there are also other things you can do to reduce inflammation. Um, one of them, we have a product. I'm pulling it out without even looking. This is called, this, are you familiar with turmeric? turmeric yeah, root? actually, uh, my, my buddy Brian started making this juice with turmeric, uh, cayenne Smart. pepper, lemon juice, something else. And so, you got oh, that's good. Well, the, 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 that's really good. The lemon juice, when it hits your saliva glands, is very alkalizing. It goes from acid to alkaline. The cayenne pepper that he's putting in there is actually increasing blood flow, which is awesome. And then the turmeric is actually really good anti-inflammatory. Inside of it, there's these things called curcuminoids. These are the anti-inflammatory properties, curcuminin or curcuminoids, that are inside of a turmeric um, root and in turmeric product. So if you're going to get a turmeric product, you want it to be 95% curcuminoids which ours is, but a lot of them, they have to put black pepper in it because you're, you're taking them and, and, and taking them internally, right? So they're going through the gastrointestinal tract when you're only getting it at about 10 to 30% absorption that way. That's why they put the black pepper in there to increase absorption because there's a substance in it called piperine or piperine, whatever you want to pronounce it. Okay. So what we did is we saw a study where they took um, turmeric root and they micronized it and which means they made it really tiny. Okay, they took raw materials and they made it mechanically small, small enough that it'll go through the blood-brain barrier. And usually, um, so what we what we saw in that study was is the anti-inflammatory was amazing. It went up like 185 times more absorbable and anti-inflammatory, like off the charts. So that's what we did. We took the 95% curcuminoids, we micronized 100% of it, and you have turmeric 100. And it says I squirt this in my mouth, 20 drops in the morning and 20 drops at night. And for me. As a trail runner, um, I could go from trail running once a week, hardcore, to twice a week, right? Rocks up and down the hills. You know, when you're running down hills, that's really hard on the knees and stuff. So it was my knees that was getting the inflammation. Again, I'm, I'm 48 going on 49. So that was one thing. Um, so you, now you've got the – you're drinking lots of good water. You're drinking the grounding mat. Or not drinking the grounding mat. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> sleep on it. Stand on it. Whatever. Um, and you're doing the turmeric. Now, the other thing – that will reduce inflammation is infrared saunas, like big time. Hmm. Carter, did you get your sauna yet? 
I haven't gotten it yet. I know. I know. What the heck are you doing over there? I know. You even gave me the big, huge discount and everything, and I just have not ordered it Jeez. yet. And you know, so funny. Oh. Christina was just talking about needing to get the infrared. Get your Christmas like, present. Yeah. Anybody listening today, let me give you, um, besides our products, give you a freaking, this is a, these are golden nuggets I'm dropping here. Like people pay me thousands of dollars to get this information. I just like do this, do that, do that. And they put it in their lifestyle and voila. So two things that I added in the last year was this. I've been saunaing for nine years. I've been selling them. I think I have found the best brand because I do my homework. I'm like a super researcher on this stuff. A year ago, I got into this other sauna for 10 minutes, or I learned about it, and then about nine months ago, I got into it. In 10 minutes, I knew I could no longer sell the other ones. This sauna company from Taiwan has broken natural law, and they're, they're delivering 98% pure infrared. Bottom line is, is it doubles to triples the core temperature of your body, and it's six to nine times more beneficial than any of the other saunas. Now, all the other saunas are good. There's good ones, um, as long as they don't have EF, EMFs, electric, uh, electromagnetic frequency. That's not good. You don't want to be zapped while you're trying to heal stupid so the one i was selling virtually no emfs big box saunas they're great but they're like you know three four five six seven grand and they're big these are little and they're like 1300 to 1900 bucks they take up very little room you plug them into a 110 they actually wrap up into a little travel case and you can take them with you so anyway you get in these things so i started getting in this sauna and then guess what i can trail run every day now I have no inflammation. Now, I think there's also because I started doing some magnesium. And be clear there, I did I do magnesium foot soaks, and I know that's a master nutrient because I kind of cracked that code. That's episode 56 on the Health Hero Show, my other podcast, and episode 61 is the sauna. So those two things, the magnesium foot soaks, the sauna, the turmeric, grounding, and, um, and drinking a whole bunch of really cool, clean, uh, restructured water, you stack those things together – Dude, you're gonna feel you're gonna feel like 20 years younger. That's and I've I've shared that stack with tons and tons of people. And our products are alkalizing too. The other ones, the greens and all that other stuff. But man, I'm I'm taking notes here. And then I had a question because we're all about abundance on this trio today. Have you abundantly shared your infrared by going to a Korean sauna and spa and just being in there with like 20 other people? I I haven't. Um, one thing that um. I won't do is I won't wear a mask. Oh, that's I, I true. Do I haven't it. done it. I haven't done it since COVID. But before that, uh, dude, those places are 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 awesome. Especially as again, bigger white boy going in, and you're in the Korean <laughs> spot, and you kind of you stand out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's a cool cultural experience. Yeah. So if, if, you're not, if you're not if you're not cool with nudity, stay away from the wet area. But it's cool. <laughs> it's fun. You should be cool with nudity because that's I mean, that's we should just get rid of our clothes. That's it. We don't even need them. Let's just run around. <laughs> I mean, it's like all this. It's, it's yeah. taking down those walls. We were talking about that earlier, right? Um, I actually ran into a guy who was a raw food chef down in Florida. He's a, um, a friend of mine now. He uh, he turned me on to my original formulator um, that got me making the green stuff. Um, but um, he's funny, man. He was funny. He was he was you know following the Grateful Dead around when he was a kid and met his wife there and that's Wendy and I met her. She was at the she was a working at the Hippocrates Health Institute at the time where I started my journey. My health turned around, and um, and uh, well, he's got a crazy story. I should get him on Carter and we'll tell his story. Like he was like one of the biggest uh, marijuana dealers like in the world. Whoa. He like he had he was hooking up with the people. Like the 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 guy who the like the the king or whatever the president of uh, Vietnam and son or something like that and they were just moving 
massive wow. amounts. He had his own helicopter and he had his own private place in Kauai and and he got caught and and um and they they busted him and he I think he paid off a DA to get his sentence down to like ten or twelve years or something like that because the wow. DA was like was buddies with the the defendant uh, attorney or whatever his defense attorney. Right. Uh, crazy story, but anyway, this guy was like um making. He was making uh, uh, some food for us because he's a raw food chef too, and his pants fell off right when he's making it. And he had not have an underwear. On. He was just making it. It was just, <laughs> and it was just me and this other friend of his, but like, <laughs> he didn't even blink. His pants fell down. He was just like kept doing his stuff, and, and there he is with his ass hanging out. And <laughs> That's you know, awesome. we're sitting there laughing our asses off because he actually it was like nothing, like nothing happened, and. What what a great place to be! Like if you get to a point where like you know you just get thrown out there and you're naked and you just don't care. I mean, think about it. Dogs don't care. Cats don't care. Giraffes don't care. Nobody cares except humans. Where'd all that crap come from? Yeah, ego, title conditioning, (laughs) bunch of crap. In fact, in fact, this book here, being in love, he says that from eight zero to seven. We should just leave our kids alone and let them be. Don't put any religions on them. Don't let them do anything. Just, you know, just let them be themselves and they can run around naked, do whatever they want. And from still from seven to 14, he said that he guessed that 90 over 90 percent of all the pornography and all the stuff would be gone if we just let boys and girls run around outside naked. Then there wouldn't be such a big deal about, oh, you know, looking at each other's genitals because it would just be a normal, natural thing. It's like I've seen a bazillion of them. Who cares? Yeah, right? I think it, all this weird stuff that's going on in people's minds. Even between the U.S. and and you mentioned Lisbon and Spain, and and it's it's so different the level of taboo here versus there on certain things, and vice versa. And it's easy to see it when you remove yourself from your culture and you see it in other mm-hmm. places. So, yeah, I would imagine the U.S. and and um, I don't know. I would imagine the U.S. has higher instances of porn and uh, and things of that it's nature. Scary. It's really bad. It's something like eight out of uh, ten uh, bo- uh, boys, like uh, ten to twelve or something like that, are doing it, and three or four out of uh, like children, like eight to ten, are, are are watching pornography. Which is it's scary with a thirteen and a nine year old. Look on their phone or look like, on dad's mom's phone. They go in there look at it. So you yeah. know, if we have so many smart adults, um, why are we allowing that to happen? Yeah. We've gotten lazy and we've been entertained. So there's a lot of work to be done. So did you have any more questions for me, Adam, about health? Man, yeah. I could I could talk to you for days, but I know we have time <laughs> constraints here. And uh, and I'm actually um, I'm I'm excited to learn a little bit more about Epic Services because I'm one of those advisors that actually is probably weird and enjoys the nuance of working with clients and their attorneys. And but you also realize from a scalability standpoint, you cannot do that beyond a certain number of of cases. And so having a tool like that in an arsenal as one of our stack to be able to go, here's an option, here's an option, here's an option. Mm-hmm. They're all quality. It really comes back to what your preference is uh, and how you want to engage in a service. I think that'd be cool. Cool to learn. Well, good, and good, good timing with the partner, the planning retreat coming up and talking about business planning for the new year and those kind of there, things. There, there you go. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously you're going to be out here in Phoenix, Arizona, you know, next month and everything. And, and we, we're, I promise you I'm coming up to Flagstaff where you guys are going to be at. I mean, I've got friends up there and everything. Pine Canyon area is where we, we go up to and, and uh, vacay uh, on a regular basis. So 
Um, I'm looking forward to being able to actually see you, you know, physically. We can be able to, you know, press the flesh and, That'd be and awesome. ha- have a cocktail. Uh, make sure we drink plenty of, you know, water. Water. <laughs> water. We're going to put turmeric in whatever cocktail we drink. No matter what it is. Yeah, you will. That'll balance you out there. Carter, okay. we need to take a show on the road. We need to get we need to get hooked up with these these financial advisor organizations, and when they have these big events, we need yeah. to be there. Totally, we need to be there. Totally, that's, not, that's actually a really solid idea. You guys both know you've been in wealth management. When you go to like the Financial Planning Association or Financial Advisor Magazine, they have a really diverse group of speakers that are there. You guys have you know myriad podcasts under your belt, so you have the chops. You should hit them up. Why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim, that'll be fun. You know what's funny? Uh, interesting story in Richards, in case you didn't know from any of the other podcasts, Tim and I have never met one another, right? He's threatened to come to Phoenix a time or two, but he never has. And of course, I almost did when I bought that trailer in Georgia. I know. I got such a good deal on it. And then the, my my super deal on getting it brought up here fell through. So I just sold it and I bought it and sold it. Never seen it. I never saw it in person. <laughs> Sucked. That's awesome. Oh, that's Whipping trailers. I'm a trailer dealer. <laughs> You're a trailer, trailer dealer? Yeah, I'm a tra- trailer dealer. <laughs> well, you are now. I make money everywhere I go, Carter. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, trailers, pickups. That's the, that's the beauty of uh, technology. You can make Actually, money. I bought a pickup. Where you go. Didn't like it because I, I I don't know why. I got a gas. I got a short bed. I knew better. I, and I, I bought it, but the market's all weird. A dealer paid me five thousand dollars more than what I bought it for, and I drove it for like six months. So I was like, "Well, he's like, I'll be out to your house." I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "What do you want for?" I'm like, uh, "You know, I don't know, fifty three five. He's like, "Done." I was like, "God dang it! How much did I leave on the table?" He's like, "Not much." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "All right." Like, when do you get? When do you make put five grand in your pocket? I mean, because I knew I made money when I bought it. Because I was like, you know, I'm looking for a deal. So um, <laughs> that, that was cool. Now I got my long bed diesel. And um, just got my tire chains on with my ice grip. So um, I'm going to go get some straps on those suckers and see if they fit. If not, I might have to cut out a link or two and fit them myself. But it's just the, it's the way it is. So anyway, Adam, dude, thank you for coming on the show today. Carter, yeah. I'm glad you could come along for the ride. Yeah, thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for having me today occasionally you know, for a little bit of time. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm so excited about my, my new setup. I got, I got headphones. I've got this. This sure SM7B. That's the mic you need, uh, Adam. Sure. And then um, hook him up. Hook him up with uh, uh, with uh, Justin. Justin. I'll be yeah. your, I'll be your first guest on your podcast. Yo. Hey, the Bob Barker microphone. Like the price <laughs> yeah. is right. That's that's awesome. Awesome. It's adjustable, bro. Come on, man. That's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, you got to start somewhere. It's not, all, it's not all about the girth. Simmer down. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's the motion of the ocean, baby. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Exactly. Well, uh, hey, and Richards, thank you uh, again for joining us for another fantastic episode. Um, make sure to go to our website, www.thehealthandwealthpodcastshow.com to see any of our previous shows. But make sure for sure that you share, like, and subscribe for this podcast for sure, because Adam Keller from Three Oaks Advisory was phenomenal. Uh, For my co-host, Mr. Tim James, Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, I'm Carter Wilcoxon, CEO and co-founder of Epic Services Company. And uh, we thank you for coming on and listening to another episode. Again, you can find us on Google, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever else that you get your podcasts. 
Uh, Adam Keller, thank you again for coming on and being a fantastic guest on the show. And we will see you quite literally soon. Everybody have an abundant day and uh, have a great weekend. Happy Halloween. This is our Halloween episode. So happy Halloween to everybody as well. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Health and Wealth Podcast Show. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye, guys. Hey, Enrichers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Carter Wilcoxon. And I'm your host, Tim James. And by God, we are committed to helping you guys have fat wallets, flat bellies. So tune in again for another episode and make sure to like, share, and drink a lot of water. Or beer. You have just listened to the Health and Wealth Podcast with Carter and Tim. Tim.